Welcome to Stock Odds, Odds and End Podcast. I'm Dave Singh here with Rob Friesen, trying to get ready for the week ahead. Good evening, Rob. How's everything? Hey, good. Thank you. Um, yeah, we uh, we didn't do one last week because of uh, July 4th holiday there, so um, everybody was out with family events. And um, But here we are. We're here for you this week. I mean, I don't know how you survived last week without us, but uh, but here we are. Okay. <laughs> Well, I had I had to swim and barbecue. I couldn't sacrifice that. No, I know, I know. But I mean, how do our listeners survive if they, if if we don't do a podcast? I mean, it's crazy, right? So anyway, here we are for you today. Um, so why don't we kick it off with? Um, so this week we have a fairly significant event, which is on the thirteenth, Wednesday, which is the CPI numbers, and they. Um, you know they're they're closely watched. These are the June numbers, but you know we're, we're we have a little bit of inflation stuff tomorrow morning about 11 a.m. Eastern time. So there's a bit of banter on three-year inflation expectations. But um, the bigger picture is what happens with the CPI. Um, so let's let's just talk about you know where the futures are now including some of the commodity futures. So I'll start by running through the financial uh, instruments here. We've got the Dow Jones futures are off 158 points or 0.5%. Um, what's interesting about that on a daily basis is if you look is we had last week ended on a positive note. It was a shortened week, but we did rally. And uh, so we finished on a on an up note um, for the week. And that puts us kind of in the mid zone here between the last high that we had on the 28th of June and the um, last low four days ago, which was on the... Um, 5th of July. Um, so we're kind of sandwiched in the middle of that. So, you know, this question is whether we rally to test that June 28th high or whether we head down to test the July 5th low. Um, that's the that's the best we can frame it right now. I mean, there are other numbers both above and below, but they're quite a distance. So let's frame it by those. And we're softer right now. It We've been experiencing this kind of mean reverting market where, you know, a lot of times it's been one day up, one day down. But then, you know, if we have a positive week, then the next week's been down. So that's kind of been how we've been experiencing this year so far. Uh, so it would make sense that in keeping with that, you know, we may drift down to test that low from July the 5th. Okay, that's that's kind of the, the context of what would be most likely with what we've been already experiencing. Um, so we'll let Dave talk a little bit more if he sees anything on seasonality, but I'll just finish running through here. Um, so the S&P um, 500 futures. Now, the interesting thing, our futures right now, I uh, haven't broken uh, Friday's low, um, whereas the Dow Jones futures already have taken out that low. So uh, the S&P futures haven't. So we're kind of in an inside day with them right now. But the same thing, again, uh, we June 28th high and the either July 1st low 
Yeah, July 1st lows is a little bit lower than the July 5th low for the S&P. Same, same thing though, um, and we're down right now 0.65% or 25 basis points there. We have um, NASDAQ 100, which really was the stronger over the last week and a half uh, compared to the S&P or the Dow Jones. So this was kind of an appetite that we saw back into some of these tech stocks. That already happened. We saw it on the expiration in June. We saw them uh, have a bit of appetite for that. Um, and then it came back again here on July 1st. We saw the appetite for uh, tech again. And so they did both the, the NASDAQ 100 and the Russell 2000, the small cap stuff, had a little better week than the Dow Jones or the S&P. Um, so the distance to travel to take out the June 27th high, so it's not the 28th for the NASDAQ 100, it's the 27th. So that distance, though, is not that far away. Um, heading back down, it's a much greater distance to go and test the June 29th low, not the uh, June 30th or July 1st. So, so a little bit different of a shift there for the NASDAQ 100. Uh, we're off 112 points on that and down 0.89%. Russell 2000, um, it's again an inside day at the moment. Um, we'll have to see how that is tomorrow morning when things open. We're down 14 points, 14 and 0.82% down. Um, and that is similar to the NASDAQ, not quite as strong overall um, for the week, but uh, it fared pretty well. The interesting thing with the VIX is we pulled back from a spike up to the 34 level and we pulled all the way back to 26. It does look like it's positioned to rally up a little bit. So that would be in keeping with the market rolling down, the VIX moving up. Okay. Now, to all the futures um, and looking at things like the US dollar. It's quite strong, up 0.249 right now. Um, <clears throat> it's uh, It's been a real flight to quality uh, for this whole inflation argument or even the recession argument. I'm really concerned about Europe overall. Um, I just think that this, this war has so much greater implications for, for Europe. And the Euro look at the euro dollar, how it's been selling off and the US dollar rallying. Uh, I'm just very, very concerned for Europe overall. I think uh, it's it doesn't have, I don't even think it has anything close to the tax base that the U.S. does, um, you know, as far as, you know, money coming in and, um, and they've got to deal with uh, all this energy problem and, uh, you know, proximity, <laughs> proximity to, uh, to the war is, is so much different too. We've got... Uh, we're, we're a little bit more removed, but anyway, um, concern there for sure. Um, also, uh, China, we've got um, well, just a note. Avoid casino stocks this week, I would think, because Macau is kind of locked down. They're using casinos for quarantine places and so on. Um, so they're, they're kind of shut down. And then we've got... Um, Subvariants again in Shanghai, and then we have 
The Bank of China and other three other banks um, have liquidity issues. Um, since April, some of the deposits have been uh, frozen and people still can't get that. So there's a lot of protesting in front of these banks and so on. Their financial system overall, China, is $54 trillion, much larger than the U.S. Uh, system. But the banks uh, are having some liquidity issues and you never really know overall what's going on in Russia. So this is affecting um, when you combine the recession outlooks with China's um, you know, slowdowns too, this is putting pressure on metals and even oil, even though oil should be rallying because of the, uh, the war and other th things like that, it's, it's you know, ha been pulling back a little bit too. So oil is a real tricky one to play. You know, if you, if you, if, if you want to play in the group of oil, I, I suggest pairs good oil pairs. And I also suggest, you know, long, short baskets within the group. When you take a side, a directional side on oil, you can be really right or really wrong. I think it's it's just hard to read sometimes. Um, so, so that's my advice. Um, look at copper. If you guys uh, want to take a look at something, uh, copper on the weekly has been uh, really uh, a tell. And uh, the one week that ended on July 8th, uh, we did we did rally back up from the low. But what a, what an incredible uh, move down. And the weekly has taken us all the way back to the highs from uh, 2018. So we've we've erased a lot of the gains that we had in 2020 and 2021, um, and we pulled all the way back to 2018. It's a remarkable move, and that's signaling to me uh, recession, slowdown globally, um, things like that. Because you'd think with all the EV focus and you know uh, just the whole environmental energy thing, that that copper would would you know be one of those desired commodities. And I think it was. I think that was the story that it was. We were anticipating that, and then of course with the war starting this year. Um, it's and then with the inflation that started last year and we kind of had more full blown of that now this this copper story is um, has really sunk so in, and I, so I'm not really super excited about basic materials uh -huh. oil is kind of iffy and um, it just seems that you know people have gone out and they're putting money to work in some of these. Uh, small caps and uh, some of the techs, you know, have been of interest again. Um, and then, of course, you've still got your, you know, healthier value propositions, which may not perform on a day where it's risk on. But overall, for the year, they've still been performing um, much, much better. So it, it's a case of whether you hit it right on any particular day. If you just want to say, oh, today I'm going to play value. Well, if it's a risk on and they're, all, they're buying tech stocks, that value is going to lag substantially. Uh, isn't that what you found, Dave? Yeah, I, I, I agree. One more thing here on the, uh, on the inflation side of things. You know there's real problems when Costco raises the price of rotisserie chicken <laughs> and the food court prices. Uh, now you know there's real inflation. Okay, over well, you, Dave. Give us something good here. I'm scared. My dollar fifty comp hot dog combo is going to go up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I mean, we're approaching mid-month seasonality here. Um, it starts on the 14th, which is Thursday, and that's after the uh, inflation numbers coming out Wednesday. But it could um, be a nice uh, play. So the, the month of July, the spider's expected to do plus 2.7% in general. But for mid-month, it's um, 0.34. So it's a good fraction of that. So I went to look to see which uh, sectors might be better as longer or shorter than um, going with SPY. So the ones of interest would be um, to, to be longer, utilities, financials, um, chips, SMH, some healthcare, QQQ, XLK. Uh, so a lot of financials and technology, especially chips, might be better longer plays for the mid-month seasonality. And things on the shorter side would be materials. That ties in with what you're seeing with copper. Oil is, tends to be weaker during this period. Um, the diamonds, XLC, industrials, staples, discretionary. Uh, so those are the general ETFs. And then I thought I'd look a little more granular. Since we do expect financials to be um, one of the better longs, uh, which symbols within the financials might be better. And things like J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, Visa, MasterCard, Morgan Stanley, Schwab, these tend to be pretty robust in this window, whereas things like um, Goldman Sachs and American Express are weaker. And then I did the same thing for the oils. Um, Chevron, ExxonMobil would be good um, shorter plays. And... Um, we have some interesting ones in uh, in the chips as well. Uh, so Broadcom, ASML, LRC, those are better longs. And things like Intel, NVIDIA, Texas Instruments might be better short. So if you get granular with um, the screener to look within um, components of the SMH or components of the XLF, that might be a way to put some pairs on during that seasonality window. But the general themes, again, are um, being a little bit longer financials and tech and shorter things like oil and um, uh, some of the chips. So so it's, it's kind of mixed there, but there are some opportunities um, for that. And there are some earnings trickling out throughout the week as well. We've got uh, Pepsi on Tuesday, Delta Airline on Wednesday, Friday, some of the financials like BlackRock, Bank of New York Mellon, Citigroup. So that's going to be uh, probably throughout the month of July too, trickling in here, individual um, news and earnings uh, stories. So I guess you have to be pretty good with vetting your symbols in the morning to make sure you're uh, kind of excluding them or considering the, the earnings um, for some of these as well. But that's what I have on the seasonality stuff here. You know, one thing I want to mention with the seasonality is, you know, um, say it starts on, on Thursday and we are sort of post the, the CPI. Um, so, I mean, people might be playing a little bit of a wait and see attitude for Wednesday, um, and it could be a market mover. Mm -hmm. So when you get to the end of that day, you know, you might have some stuff that's quite displaced relative to how it's supposed to perform for seasonality. So that's one of the edges is, you know, where's the greatest discrepancy between, you know, what is and what will be, and that can give you a real advantage. Um, versus, uh, I'll give an example, if something, let's just say uh, seasonality was to be long basic materials, or let's say consumer staples. So you want to be long consumer staples. But let's say you end on Wednesday and 
you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they performed really well. And so they're, they're really hot, uh, and at a premium, um, that's not as great as if they got knocked down for the three days before that window. And yet the window says they're supposed to perform well. That gives you a better starting point, a better advantage, right? And I'm not saying that's a guarantee. It's just that you're looking for these types of edges. And one of the, the longest running uh, things that we've utilized is not so much relative strength, but mean reversion, looking for things that have been extended and you know can retrace relationships that get disjointed and out of place. You know, um, looking for things ahead of a window like seasonality that that are discounted or at a premium, and looking for them to to revert. So, just keep that in mind. It's it's been very valuable um, to focus on where can you get that mean reversion from. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Wednesday might, uh, with the inflation data, that may skew things out of whack, and then that could be a good opportunity to come. Thursday and Friday. Yeah, it certainly could be. I mean, we've seen this movie before where one day they're all about, oh, you know, it's the end of the world with inflation. And the next day, oh, we're, you know, we're probably at peak inflation pretty soon. So, you know, it's it's going to be going down from here. Well, nobody knows. And the argument is, you know, both sides have favorable things to say and, and things that should be considered. Look at how many talking heads have various opinions on everything, like whether this is short term, long term, you know, whether it's, you know, we're going to go lower, whether we're going to go higher from here, whether this is buying opportunity, whether it's still a selling opportunity. I mean, there's so many mixed messages. I don't know how investors, you know, figure it all out. And that's probably why, you know, they hand over their money to someone else to look after for them. Right. Or you just go into an index or you just buy a mutual fund and, and just, you know, hope for the best. But if you're going to be active, and this is really a trader's market, you know, traders have to consider the macro and they have to consider, you know, some of the te- technical implications. And traders can use statistics like stock odds to, you know, already help select things ahead of time and especially get some ideas on seasonality. You know, um, you can you don't have to be so granular that you're day to day. You can swing trade. And the best ideas for swing trades are really relationship based trades because that that sort of takes the bigger market risk uh, out of the equation. Not totally, but certainly preservation of your trading capital is a is a main consideration so relationship based trading is is the ideal for swing trading for sure and with stock odds you can curate you know three days or five days or a week or a month monthly perspective too you know you don't you don't just have the open to close day to day you have more um more bandwidth than that as far as time frames okay so let's wrap it up anything else no well have a good week good luck Okay. All right. Take it easy, man. Bye-bye.